What's up, Rich Friends? Welcome back to another episode of Net Worth and Chill with me, your host, Vivian Tu, aka your rich BFF and your favorite Wall Street girly. Today, we are having a solo episode, and I want to kick us off because I had dinner with my manager the other night, and as we were walking out of the restaurant, we saw a foursome, four-tabletop of I would say older people, and they were getting drunk, laughing, watching YouTube videos on full blast volume, just having the time of their lives. And my manager and I looked at each other and we were like, wow, I want to be like that when I grow up. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Retirement must be so amazing. And on one hand, that is totally true. I mean, retirement is a time for you to kick back, relax, and really enjoy the fruits of your labor. But a really scary statistic is that actually 27% of people over the age of 59 years old don't have a single dollar saved for retirement. This is a study done by Credit Karma. And I think that we're starting to see this happen in society more and more. And it's really alarming because you're hearing a lot of people, whether they're very young people or people who are middle age or people close to retirement saying, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to afford to retire. A great example I recently saw was there was this viral TikTok video of a older gentleman delivering for DoorDash or Uber Eats, whatever it was, on a ring camera. And people were talking about how cute it was that he was so old and delivering for these food services companies. And for me, that actually broke my my heart because sure we don't know the backstory maybe he's just doing that to you know keep his mind fresh and stay mobile but if this person is being forced to work at such an age because they don't have any other options that makes me really really sad and on top of that we've seen headlines like there was that guy who worked at Burger King for 40 years and had never ever missed a single day of work and all he got as a thank you was some drugstore candy and a card and what is wonderful about both of these situations is that they ended up resulting in you know a lot of people coming together to start GoFundMes and hundreds of thousands of dollars were raised for each of these older gentlemen. But I don't think we can all rely on GoFundMe as our primary retirement savings or investment for the future because that's just not sustainable and it's not realistic. So today we are going to talk about how you can prepare for retirement, whether you are in your 20s and your 40s or getting really close. And I think this will be a good opportunity for all of us to assess how retirement ready we all are. I'd like to take a quick second to thank our advertising partners at Marshalls who make saving money on high quality pieces so easy that I can save extra for retirement. Your closet is the perfect place for you to start saving without compromising on quality. Marshalls hustles to get the deals so you get the good stuff. And when you get great savings on the good stuff, you've got more to invest in your next project. Marshalls is your one-stop shop for the biggest trends in fashion, footwear, home decor, and beauty for way less. With high quality finds from designer labels to up-and-coming brands, you can shop a wide selection of this season's must-haves in-store and online for amazing prices every single day. 
So first up, before we start thinking about what little retirement village we're going to live in and the golf cart we're going to drive around and how many pina coladas we're going to drink on the beach, we actually have to figure out how much income we're going to need in retirement. A lot of people, for some reason or other, initially just start their retirement planning by coming up with one big number and they're like, oh, if I can get to this one big number, I'll be able to retire. And historically, that big number has been $1 million. But I'm here to tell you, it does not matter how much money you have in the bank, it's more about how much sustainable income you can actually create from that money and what other retirement income you're going to be getting. So think about it this way. If you are someone who has a 401k or a Roth IRA or other investments that you can draw from as well as receiving social security, you're not going to have as many issues as someone who's only relying on social security, which all of us have probably thought about, you know, may not be around when younger people in their 20s and 30s get to retirement age. In regards to how much you're going to want set aside, a pretty good rule of thumb is that you'll need about 80% of your pre-retirement income to maintain a similar standard of living. So for example, say you make $100,000 a year right now, you're going to need about $80,000 in income every single year once you retire to live roughly the same life. And, you know, as a little bit of a segue into step two, to be able to calculate how much money, you know, you are going to need every single year and where you're going to get it, you have to figure out how much of that money is going to come from what sources and when you're going to be able to tap into those. So for example, if you're planning on retiring before you're actually eligible for social security, you can't actually add that into your calculation of where that money is going to come from. Um, and if you have any pensions or annuities or a 401k or an individual retirement account that's going to hit, you're going to know that you're probably not going to be able to tap into that until you're 59 and a half. So again, take into account at what age you're going to be able to tap into those funds and those resources. Um, and we'll get on to what to do if you're retiring before that traditional retirement age later on in this podcast. Now on step three, this is where we actually calculate that big number that everyone is so obsessed with. Since in step one, we figured out what 80% of your annual income would be, what you would need to live that same type of life, you can now back into what I like to call your FU number. This is also traditionally known as the fire equation, but I really don't like that term. So we're just going to roll with FU number. So what you're going to do is you're going to take how much money you would need to live comfortably for one year, and you're going to divide that by 0. 0.04. We're using 0.04 because that stands for 4%. And essentially that is how we're calculating a conservative 4% return on your money so that you can get to what you would need every single year. And it essentially just says that you can withdraw 4% of your savings um, every single year. And this won't eat into the initial principle, that lump sum. Um, and again, this rule isn't perfect, but it's a pretty good jump off point. So for example, say we said we needed $80,000 a year divided by 0.04, you would need $2 million invested earning you a conservative 4% every single year to get to the annual income you need to live the life that you want, assuming that you're not getting any money from, you know, a social security or that you don't have any other retirement specific accounts. I personally think calculating your FU number is also really, really fun because in many cases, it shows you that your retirement number or your 
reality where you get to live happily ever after isn't that far-fetched. And I think it's really healthy to be able to have bigger and smaller numbers so that you're like, hey, if I want to have a bare bones retirement, this is what it's going to look like. If I want to be able to do everything I want, this is what it looks like. And if I want to have kind of like a middle of a fairway retirement, that's what it looks like. Doing these calculations just gives you a good sense of where you stand and what you need to do to actually get to those goals. Okay, step number four, and unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people are going to like this one, but we have to take stock of where we actually stand. Unshockingly enough, this is probably the step where a lot of people become so overwhelmed that they don't wanna think about retirement at all because it's not a nice feeling to look at your numbers, to look at your situation, to look at your career, your income, your life, and realize that the way things are going, you're not going to be able to retire or you're not going to be able to have the happily ever after that you were hoping for. But having an honest assessment is so important because if you are not on track for the life that you want, you want to know that sooner rather than later because as always, time is your best friend when it comes to investing and growing your money. So catching this earlier on is going to be really helpful. And I'm going to be honest, if you're you know, 40 and you want to retire at 50, but you only have $20,000 set aside for retirement, you're likely going to have a tough time trying to get your savings to a space, to a place where you are able to live off of that money. But if you are working hard, you're in your, you know, 30s and you need to have, you know, a million dollars in savings to retire, but you already have half a million dollars, you might actually be in pretty decent shape to retire early. So you might be able to retire sometime in your 40s or, you know, at a minimum in your 50s. So this is also some good news and it gives you a good sense of what you can do and what levers you might need to pull to get yourself to a good saving spot. And this doesn't have to be this ultra restrictive thing. It can just be, hey, I am not where I want to be in regards to my savings, instead of having a latte every single day, I'm gonna cut back to three days a week. Any of those additional funds, I'm going to invest. Instead of buying that amazing turnkey home, I'm going to go and buy the fixer-upper. I'm gonna put a little bit more money into it, but I'll be able to save pretty big because I negotiated that price down. Instead of getting that brand new car, I'm going to buy used, and I'm going to, again, negotiate hard on these big ticket items. And it doesn't even necessarily mean giving up the things that you want. Like instead of buying luxury from a traditional department store, you could easily head to a Marshall's and find stuff that is 20 to 50% off and exactly the same that you would find on the shelves at a full price retailer, but you just get to save that money. And again, Saving that money means you get to invest it for your future. I am very much of the camp that you should be living the life that you want to live, but you can make really smart, small adjustments so that you are optimizing the way you are spending so that you can save more, meaning you can invest more. Okay. Moving on to step five, this is where we're going to talk a little bit more about the retirement accounts that you can tap into and take advantage of. This is so, so important. So get out your pen and paper if you need to. If you, like many people in this country, work for somebody else, you likely have access to an employer-sponsored retirement plan. So these are things that you've heard of, things like a 401k, a 403b if you work at like a nonprofit or a government agency. These are TSP, a 457, whatever you have access to 
please do not poo-poo this when you are onboarded and HR talks about it for like 25 seconds. This is probably the most important part of your benefits. And I'm going to be honest, these employer-sponsored retirement benefits used to be a lot better. Our parents, grandparents would work in one place for 30 years because loyalty paid and they had a reason to. They were given something called a pension. Essentially, employers would set money aside for their employees, invest that money for them, and then the employees would get guaranteed payouts in retirement. And the longer you work somewhere, the more your company was obligated to give you. And this is kind of similar to the modern day 401k, 403b, 457 TSP, except our employer-sponsored retirement plans are worse in literally every way. Now, instead of your employer setting aside money for you, you're setting aside your own money, you're making investment decisions. And if you don't contribute or if you don't pick investments that are diversified and providing you a good return, you're kind of up a creek without a paddle and that's your problem. Whereas back in the day with a pension, your employer was on the hook because they had guaranteed you that money whether or not their investments did well. And I think this is really important to call out because 401ks weren't even launched until 1978. So they're a relatively new thing. But as soon as they came around, you know, companies started adopting them left, right, and center because they wanted to say, hey, your retirement's your problem. It's not ours. So yes, that's quite depressing. It's a lot worse. Yada, yada, rah, rah. But there is one thing to call out about these employer-sponsored retirement plans. First and foremost, they are taxed advantaged. So that means if you have a traditional one of these accounts, you will put money in pre-tax and when you take it out, you'll pay taxes then. Or if you have a Roth version, money will go in post-tax, but you'll take it out tax-free. Either way, at one end of the money going in or coming out, you're not paying taxes. And let me tell you, any way that you can legally avoid paying taxes is a good thing. Take advantage of that. The tax code is written in a way to incentivize you to do these things. So make sure you are doing them. On top of that, the reason why employer-sponsored plans are so powerful is that many companies offer something called employer match. And what that means is all of these companies are saying, hey, to incentivize you to do this even more for an amount of money that you put in, we'll, we'll, we'll do something similar. So in some cases, it's dollar for dollar match. In some cases, it's dollar for 50 cent match. But regardless, it means that if you put in $100, your company will put in a corresponding amount. So if it's dollar for dollar, they'll put in $100. If it's dollar for 50 cents, they'll put in $50. You get the gist, but it's a great way to access free money that your employer is offering you. And if you don't take advantage of your employer-sponsored retirement account, you're leaving free money on the table, which I hate the idea of. In finance, there are very, very few instances where you get access to free money and it's not a scam. And this is one of them. So please make sure you are taking full advantage of these employer dollars. On top of having an employer-sponsored plan, you can also have something called an individual retirement account. Individual retirement accounts becomes the acronym IRA, and you have the choice between a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. And I know people talk about the differences, and obviously there are some. Essentially, the TLDR is just when they're taxed. I personally have a strong preference for the Roth IRA because it is so powerful to to not have to pay taxes when you take money out. On top of that, the individual tax benefit you get from a traditional IRA could potentially be phased out depending on how much you make. And really, I think anybody who makes more money than the income limits allow for 
contributions to a Roth IRA should just look into something called a backdoor Roth IRA. But essentially what that means is you put money into a traditional Roth IRA, you roll it over into a Roth IRA, and then you're all set. But these are really important because they're not corresponding to any one employer. This is your retirement account. It goes with you no matter what. And with a 401k, when you leave a company, you do have to make sure to get that money. You have to roll it over into your IRA or make sure to go back for it. So again, it's just another way to save for your retirement. And last but not least, I can't forget to address folks who don't work for other people. They either work for themselves or they're self-employed or they're 1099 what have you. You guys might also have access to other retirement accounts, which are very similar to the ones that we've already discussed. However, they typically have higher contribution limits. So these are things like a solo 401k, which as it sounds is a 401k if you are solo and work independently. Um, There's something else called a self employed IRA, an SEP IRA. And what's wonderful is that you can have these things and still have a traditional Roth IRA completely unique to them. Um, These are just other tools that you can tap into if you're interested in them. What I recommend you do is actually just Google um, the type of account that is tax advantage that you're interested in using for your retirement and using the word Investopedia. So say you want to learn more about solo 401ks, just type solo 401k Investopedia and the first hit should be a one-pager explaining how exactly that might work. And now for an advertisement from Marshalls with fall fashion finds that make me look like a million bucks without spending a million bucks. Nothing is better than stepping into a room looking stylish and feeling confident. And with Marshalls, you can look your best while saving. There's no better season for achieving your best style than fall. At Marshalls, you can find top brands and designer fashion at amazing prices without compromising on quality. So you're able to get this season's dresses, blazers, knits, and boots for less and make saving the most stylish thing you do this fall. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about the investment accounts you might want to consider for tax advantages for money in retirement. But what's the other thing about getting old? Step six, you have to account for healthcare and other concerns because as you start to get older, it is more likely that you could potentially get sick or may just have recurring medical costs. If you aren't familiar, the age of eligibility for Medicare in the US is 65. This is essentially the healthcare that you can apply for, essentially for being old. And regardless of when you retire or claim Social Security, 65 is the age that you can tap into Medicare. But if you're planning on retiring before then, you have to actually consider how you're going to get healthcare in the years between when you retire and when you qualify for Medicare. Some jobs will actually let you keep your current health plan after retirement, in particular public sector jobs. But what I actually really think is a smart idea is that if you are in your younger, healthier years and you have a high deductible health plan and you qualify for an HSA, what you can do is max out your health savings account, HSA, right now. And if you don't end up using all of that money in your earlier years, because if you're like me, you go to the doctor once a year and you're like, okay, that's it. And then you see a dermo and go to the OBGYN once and that's, you know, all covered as preventative care. You're not really spending that much on your medical costs, but you're able to essentially stockpile, save and invest that money for when you get older and you can still tap into that HSA money later on. It's always yours and it does not go away. And on to step seven of things you might want to consider. You guys know that I am not a huge fan of Dave Ramsey, but he does talk about something called a bridge account 
account, which I think could potentially be really smart if you are planning on retiring earlier than the traditional retirement age of 59 and a half. So essentially the age where you're able to tap into those tax advantage retirement accounts is 59 and a half. However, if you're planning on retiring at 50, what are you supposed to do for nine and a half years if you don't have money coming in the door? Well, you can actually put money into an individual brokerage account and still invest that money for your future. You know, you're not getting nearly as many tax advantages, but again, that money can still be used. You can still take it out. You can withdraw it whenever you want. And that money can help support your lifestyle. And he calls these a bridge account, um, which makes sense because you're trying to bridge the gap between when you retire and when you're actually able to tap into any sort of social security benefits or any sort of pensions or 401ks or individual retirement accounts that you may have. Additionally, I do want to call out another thing that I love so much about the Roth IRA is that you can actually withdraw money at any time. You can withdraw any of your contributions at any time. What you can't do is withdraw any of your earnings. So say you put $10,000 into your Roth IRA over the past you know, five years, you can access that $10,000. You just can't access any of the investment gains. But again, if you need money in a pinch during retirement and you are not at retirement age just yet, you can still tap into that money. Okay. And I want to wrap up this podcast with a step eight that you might want to consider. This is something that I've started to see more and more across social media, across some of my personal friends. But if you are at a position where you are looking at your savings, you're looking at your life, and you're very, very concerned that you are not going to be able to afford retirement as it currently stands, one thing that I've seen people do is consider retiring abroad. I want to say that I do, in theory, think this is a great idea. But before we even get into what you would need to think about, I want to talk about, you know, there is a large ethical concern in that a lot of people from richer nations such as the US or Australia or the UK are taking the money that they've made in those countries and then becoming expats and moving to countries with lower costs of living or where the currency may not be um, as strong. It can have major drawbacks on the economic biosphere, let's call it, because if you are moving abroad and then you have so much more purchasing power and all of these people who are going to these countries that aren't as resource rich um, and you're buying up all of the real estate and you're spending all your money, um, it's going to make life for the locals a lot harder. And I do think that's something we should consider when considering retiring abroad. But if this is something that you are interested in doing, you want to stretch your retirement dollars further, living in a foreign land does offer you a chance to see more of the world and can offer, again, a lower cost of living. So you're probably wondering, what are some of the best places to do this in? Considering a variety of factors like the ease of buying and owning property, the cost of renting, discounts and benefits of things like healthcare, entertainment, um, visa and residency requirements, the cost of living, you know, fitting in, how easy it is to go out out and transport yourself, uh, I would say that some of the top countries would be Costa Rica, Panama, Mexico, Colombia, Portugal, as well as places like Canada, Japan, Germany, and the UK. But before you buy that one-way ticket, I do want you to think about a couple really important things. Um, when you're planning for retirement abroad, you do want to be really, really careful about checking visa and residency requirements. Immigration and residency laws are going to vary from country to country, and you can find them on the Department of State's country-specific information. But this is something you're going to have to get ironed out pretty early on if you want to truly immigrate somewhere else. I would also say it's important to visit before you move 
and um, consider renting for a long term in that country just to actually see if life is what you would think it would be like. Are you able to have the quality of life that you would want? And, you know, just making sure that you like the neighborhood that you're in. On top of that, researching those neighborhoods and the safety and the requirements are really important. Some of these countries do not allow citizenship status unless you're able to invest, frankly, quite a lot of money in real estate or a developing business in that country. And that's also something to keep in mind. Maybe that cost is still worth it to you to be able to have an overall lower cost of living, or maybe that is a barrier to entry and you would rather just um, stay in the U.S. You'll also want to make sure that you can organize your assets and take care of your taxes because taxes, if you live somewhere else, can get a little bit dicey. This is something I would highly recommend you talk to a licensed CPA about. And again, a benefit is if you do move to a country and apply for residency there, other countries aside from the U.S. typically do have, I would say, more easy to navigate healthcare systems, but that is a benefit you can consider as well. And to wrap up this episode, I would say retirement is starting to look very, very different these days. One thing that all of us can consider, whether you have the funds to fully retire cold turkey or don't, is is considering working during retirement, but doing something that one, isn't completely laborious to you or taxing mentally or physically, but something that you actually enjoy doing. A lot of retirees these days are, you know, working part-time jobs. Others are more entrepreneurial or they are looking into running small businesses. But if you're planning on working in retirement, that will make your retirement savings journey so much easier because you won't have to rely 100% on those savings and investments, you will still have money coming in the door. So again, one more thing to consider. And I hope that this episode has been helpful in allowing you to visualize what steps you might need to take to prepare yourself for retirement. On behalf of our advertising partners at Marshalls and me, thank you for listening to today's episode. Marshalls is always on point with the latest high quality on-trend fashion, beauty, and home decor at amazing prices. At Marshalls, you can maximize savings and invest those savings in any of your future endeavors. Managing your finances properly does not mean you should be sacrificing quality in the areas that make you feel your best. Marshalls makes it possible to get the good stuff for less no matter what you're shopping for. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Net Worth and Chill. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a rating and a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Got a financial question you want answered in the future? You can leave me a voicemail or text me at 908-858-3410. Make sure to follow me at Your Rich BFF across social media for even more relatable financial content. Special thanks to my team at Audioboom as well as Range Media and WME. See you next week. Bye!